You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. It's one of the things about our church and our expression is that we advance. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. And I want to prepare you. That's not for the easy or the tim- timid or the tame. It's for the courageous. It's for the lion-hearted. It's for the fearless. And one of the things God's going to do in us and one of the things he's done in us is he's put a backbone in us. I lived a good portion of my life kind of spineless. It's not that attractive. It's, it's kind of pathetic. You know God can't really use the spineless He can love the spineless, but he needs to put a spine in us if he's going to use us. Would anybody like a spine? Okay. You can have one. You ready to get started? I'm going to talk a little bit about the heart tonight. I always feel like God only lets me talk about things that he's dealing with me on. Does anybody have any heart issues? Could anybody use a stronger heart, healthier heart, happier heart? It's funny, uh, Kenny and Ashley and Hallie, I don't know if Hallie's here, they just got back from the Dominican Republic. And one of the things that's interesting, if you go to the Dominican Republic, is the people that work in the hotels there, they only make like two bucks an hour, but they're some of the healthiest, happiest people in their heart. And it's interesting, we don't live in a third world nation, but I've discovered in the heart conditions of Americans, there's third world heart issues. There's poverty of heart. There's brokenness of heart. There's bankruptcy of heart. There's there's a lot of heart issues in America. And, um, And what God, I've discovered is, it's very difficult for him to use your life until he fixes your heart. And my encouragement to us tonight is whatever your condition is in your heart, give it to him. Let him repair it so he can utilize your life. I'm going to tell you, every good promise of God hinges on us having a healthy heart. It is a word, babe. (laughs) It's an easier word to preach than it is to process. And I'm a person who likes to take ground, and I've discovered that ground takers have a lot of work to do on their hearts. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, I think the best movies that any of us have ever seen touch your heart. Come on. Greatest Showman, the first musical I ever saw, brought me to tears. You know what I mean? I was asking Pastor Sterling what movies have touched his heart. The Notebook. (laughs) I just had to talk to somebody else. I wasn't prepared for that. Come on, come on, all of us. The final scene in Toy Story 3. When Andy's giving his toys to Bonnie. If you haven't shed a tear, this altar's for you tonight. Yeah. But it's not just movies, it's real life stories. Anybody see The Last Dance? Michael Jordan winning a trophy right after he lost his, his father. And he's like laying on the floor holding the trophy and you feel the fullness of his heart. That's, that's the kind of stuff I think that 
that God delights in. You know, God is comfortable with you being actually obsessed with more things than just him. And in fact, the more obsessed you get with him, the more he can purify your heart and mine so that we can have healthy obsessions for other things. God actually needs us to be obsessed with things, obsessed with our business, obsessed with our family, obsessed with parenting. He actually wants us to have a holy obsession. He's not intimidated with you living a big life. As long as you put him first, there's no limit to how big your life can be. Yes. Yes. Okay. Everything flows out of the heart. The heart is the door that life hinges on. I found out of the abundance of the heart, this is where life comes. Um, and I want to talk about heart standards. I'm going to share a quick scripture out of Mark chapter 4, 15 through 20. Name of the message is heart standards. We're actually going to elevate the standards of our heart. Okay. Wherever your heart is, um, it can be healthier. It can be bigger. So let's read real quick. This is the, the parable of the sower. So seed had fallen on ground, and the condition, there was nothing different about the seed that fell. The only thing that was different in the way the seed affected or, or, or produced what it was intended to produce had everything to do with the condition of the soil. And I want you to know that all the promises of God for us, for our life, for our family, for our business, for everything, have to do with the condition of our soil or the condition of our hearts. So let's locate ourselves in this word, okay? Here it goes, Mark chapter 4, verse 15. What falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the message, hear the gospel, hear the truth, hear the promises of God, hear the purposes of God. But immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. There's another kind of condition of heart. What is sown on the gravel represents those who hear the message, receive it joyfully. Ah, sounds good. But because their hearts fall, fail to sink a deep root, they don't endure for long. So when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately wilt and fall away. You know what I, what I, before we keep going here, what I really want us to do is locate ourselves because what I found about my heart is it's not any one of these, it's all of these at times. It's all of these. There's things God has spoken to me and immediately I, it was taken, it was snatched. There's things that I was excited about and jumped on, but I didn't have the root system to handle the promise of God. So all of us have the potential in our heart to be good or evil, to be strong or cowardly. What we're trying to do is assess where are we now. Can I keep going? What is sown among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life, the seduction, wow, of wealth, and the desires of other things to crowd and choke the message so that it produces nothing. It's interesting. This is really probably the most apropos portion of this right now because we've been experiencing a significant amount of growth in our business. But here's the problem is even though all the promises of God are coming true for us, 
they started to choke out my heart. And so instead of enjoying it all, I'm finding it's kind of choking out my love for God, my love for worship. I'm constantly consumed with things. And what I've discovered is it's not that the promise is bad. It's that I have to continue to do work on my heart. I have to keep my heart healthy. I have to keep my heart pure. I want you to know it's not always bad things that can happen to you that, that can derail your heart. Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's winning. Sometimes it's busyness. I'm not done chasing winning and prosperity, but what I'm saying is if I'm going to continue to be able to steward winning at a high level, I have to do work on this guy. Anybody with me? Let me tell you what religion tells people. Oh, don't go after wealth. Don't go after success. Stay small. Don't go after influence because it'll corrupt you. No, no, no. What you need to do is create an uncorruptible heart that can handle the promises of God. It's your heart that corrupts us. Okay. We doing okay here? <laughs> It's easy to preach in here. If you can't preach at Awaken Church, you're not a preacher. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let me keep going here. Um, but what is sown on good soil? That's us. And, and listen, not all of my heart has been good soil. I prepare the soil. I change the soil. Sometimes my soil has been leached of the nutrients it needs to produce fruit. But what church does, what Awaken does, what this culture does is we continue to inspect our soil to get it right so that when God, what's born in us, begins to produce fruit. It's not the promise of God or the seed of God that's the problem. Most of the time, it's my heart that's the problem. But what is sown on good soil represents those whose heart, who open their hearts, open their hearts to receive the message and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. And it goes on in Proverbs 4.23 to say, watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. Everything is connected to your heart. I'm going to ask us a couple questions. Where's your heart tonight? Is it healthy? Is it sick? Is it happy? Is it sad? Is it full or empty? Humble or proud? Whole or broken? Big or small? Courageous, fearful, soft? Heart, pure, perverse. Listen, all of us in here right now have the capability to have either or. It's not like you either just have a good heart or you just have a broken heart. Conditions of life will leave your heart fragile and vulnerable. What we do here is we take hearts as they are and we repair them. We fix them. Listen, God wants your heart. He doesn't want you to fix your heart. He doesn't want you to purify your heart and then bring it to him. He wants you to bring all the broken conditions of your heart 
and then let him fix it. He's the master of the heart. He's working on my heart right now. Wait a minute. Yeah, been here nine years. I feel like he's doing more work on me in this season than any other season. Because he's growing us. He's scaling us. He's enlarging us. And therefore, he has work to do on us. Religion will try to get you to arrive. I don't want to arrive. I want to continue to ascend. It's the upward call in Christ Jesus. Don't you want to continue to grow in him? Okay. A still heart or a busy, crowded heart. An open heart or a closed heart. An appreciating heart or a critical heart. An engaged heart or a distracted heart. A good heart or a wicked heart. I have thought wicked thoughts about people. I'm just telling you, man. Let's just talk about it. Like, I, and, and what I have to realize is even when I have wrong thoughts towards people, God still wants my heart. Now, he wants it, he wants me to repent and change, but I am still today capable of evil in my heart. It's why I have to stay close to him. I wish it would just all get better. I wish all the hardships of life would just go away and I wouldn't have to deal with issues of my heart anymore. But you know what I discovered? That's not possible. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. (laughs) He overcomes the world. A believing heart, a doubting heart, a forgiving heart, a bitter heart, a refreshed heart, or a tired heart generous heart or a selfish heart. And I just sensed, if I could be honest, I sensed as I was preparing for tonight some tired hearts. And, and it doesn't need to be for any other reason. It's just sometimes the world we live in is, takes a toll on us. Parenting takes a toll. Being in business takes a toll. Um, Even a busy season like this where you're pouring out and giving a lot and volunteering a lot, it takes a toll. What I felt like was when my heart gets tired, I start to shut down and withdraw. I withdraw from the people that I care about. I withdraw from my responsibilities. Um, I think all of us have a tendency to back away from the things that we actually love when we're fatigued. And I just feel tonight God wants to minister to people whose hearts are a little bit fatigued. Am I talking to anybody in here? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one whose heart has lost. What happens when I'm tired is I lose my sensitivity. I lose my passion. I lose my joy. The other thing is I feel like this might just be for me. One of the issues in my heart is I get selfish. Self-preservation, self-orientation, self-idolizing. I can begin to build my whole world around me. And one of the things I've realized about great leaders is they know how to consistently empty themselves of themselves. And they exist to bless others and benefit others. And yet here I am right now in a season where I feel like I just can't get myself out of the way. 
but I realize that God's working on my heart because he wants to elevate my leadership, my gifting, my passion, my impact. But guess who's in the way? Self. Anybody with me on that one? Let's go. Um, shoot. We're already like wrapping up in here. Is this all right? To just get kind of real and honest and a little bit vulnerable. Um, I'm going to give us a couple tips on how to get your heart working again. And then I want us to know what we're going to do. We are going to have the, um, our awesome altar team up here, our prayer team. If you feel like God's pricking on your heart a little bit or you just need to get your heart a little healthier, there's going to be an opportunity for you to get prayer, okay? But I'm going to give us a couple tips on how to get our heart working again. Remember, out of the abundance, or, or pardon me, um, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the springs of life. So the way you get your heart working, the way you get your heart turned on, the way you get your heart effective, the way you get your heart starting again is you need to identify what a faithful heart looks like. That my heart should be producing fruit. In other words, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the whole world, looking to show himself strong on him whose heart is faithful or loyal. So what I want to do is I realize that maybe my heart is a bit selfish right now or a bit tired right now or my heart is just not open to new things. And here God's got new things for me, but my heart is kind of shut down. What I need to do is inspect it and bring it back to, to a faithful place. A faithful heart will leave everything better than it was found. So to get the flow turned back on, I want to turn faithfulness back on in my heart. Listen, if your heart's not being super faithful right now, it might not be because you have a bad heart. It might just be a tired heart or an injured heart or a wounded heart. But what God wants to do is repair your heart so that he can trust your heart with his intentions. Okay, good. The next is a loving heart. Now, wait a minute. My love sometimes grows cold. I sometimes don't like people. I'm just telling you, this last year has been hard to like most people. So what do I do when I'm called as a Christian to love and yet love is lacking in my own heart? I have to realize that the command, God will never command you to do something you don't have the capacity to do. So that means I need to bring my heart back to the altar, back to him, and let him work on what is it that's offended me? What is it that's irritated me? What is it that injured me? What is it that set me off? And I need to bring my heart back to love. Listen, listen, listen. The, the greatest commandment is this, is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. But then love one another as yourself. But what happens when that love is grown cold? That's what the altars are for. Listen, if your heart gets tired, don't run from God and don't blame yourself and don't beat yourself up and don't think you got to fix your heart. Come back to the heart master and let him work on you. Listen, I'll be honest. I'm the first one here. My heart is a little tired and love has disappeared a little bit from it. That's not my destiny. I just have to get back to a place where I encounter him again, and he revives my heart again. You know what? You know what? I've discovered on the roads of life, your heart gets tired and broken and worn out. And it's actually part of the process to have to repair it and bring it back to him. 
There's nothing wrong with you that you got tired. It's just part of the package. In fact, the greater the call on your life, the more heart work you're going to have to do. The greater the things that God has for you, the greater requirement is going to have of you to go after him to get, keep your heart healthy. Finally, uh, an O is an overcoming heart. God doesn't need weak, offended Christians. I promise you in this life, you will be offended. I think it's like the culture, the spirit of the day is offense. It's like, mommy, I want a cookie. What's the magic word? I'm offended. <laughs> Isn't it true? Offenses will come, man. They're coming. If you're a person that's taken out by offense, you're weak. <laughs> Do you really want that said about you? Oh, they loved God. They were doing so well, and then they got offended, and they quit. <laughs> I want to get offended and get better stronger, healthier. Sometimes there is nothing that will purify your heart like somebody not liking you. Sometimes the best thing, and now I'm talking to people who have a high call on their life. Sometimes the best thing for people that are called to do great things is offense. But anyway, let's be people that have an overcoming heart. And then finally, the W, we're turning on the flow, a faithful heart, a loving heart, an overcoming heart. The W is a welcoming heart. If, if, if you've shut your heart down you, and you aren't welcoming the Word of God, you aren't welcoming correction, you aren't welcoming coaching, you aren't welcoming new people, you aren't welcoming new opportunity, we need to be people that bring our hearts back to God and say, I realize, I don't know how it happened, I don't know why it happened, but I've kind of closed the doors on new things. The secret to a life in the kingdom is new things. He will always be doing new things in you, but what I've discovered is when my heart gets whatevered, um, it closes down. And when God comes knocking with new promises and new ideas and new people and new responsibilities, I'm not welcoming to him or them. Anybody with me? But let me ask you this. Is anybody with me in no matter where my heart is right now, and I wish I could tell you that it's thriving. But where it is right now is I'm committed to getting it thriving again. Is anybody with me? I'm not saying your heart's perfect. I'm not saying it's checking every box. I'm not saying you're just loving life and loving people. What I'm saying is you want to be. You want your heart to respond to God and respond to opportunities. Is anybody with me? Okay, we're going to do a quick, 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 quick. Um, we end on time here, and it's on time right now. <laughs> if you're here, and you haven't invited Jesus into your heart, there's no one who's better with your heart who engineered it to work and function than him. 
There's no one that you can trust more, especially with a broken or a damaged heart. But I want to tell you something else. You can also trust him with a whole heart and a good heart. He'll use it and do great things with it. But if you're here, if you're here tonight, and you know in your heart that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, can I just, can you slip your head up? So your hand up real quick. Right on, man. Appreciate your courage. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yep, I can see you right here. Come on, who else? Who else? Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Come on. Let's go. One of the things you're going to find at Awaken is we're very comfortable being very transparent. We're not putting on a show. We spent too much of our time and life trying to do that. It was tiring and it didn't work and nobody really was that impressed anyway. We've discovered that there's nothing like just being authentic. Let's pray with those. Can we all stand real quick? We're going to pray with those who are saying yes to God in their heart. Let's repeat after me. Father God, I thank you that you love me, that you're for me, that you created my heart to work, to function, to know you, to love you, to feel again, to thrive again. I realize that you in my heart is what unlocks me. I believe, Father God, you sent your son Jesus just for me. You wanted my heart. You wanted my life. Here I am today offering you my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Begin to repair, strengthen, heal, revive. Make me new again. Make me function again. I thank you that I'm your son and your daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.